What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. We're starting off the podcast today after a long discussion. Yeah, we were we just saw each other in Vegas from our last episode. Yeah. And, and we ended up uh, catching up even more than we had time. I don't know why we do this. We should have hit the record button earlier, but it's okay. Right. We're, we're starting off from a warmed up space. Absolutely. What's yeah. Well, I got back from my travels, Matt. I was uh, in Vegas for the gig, as we discussed last episode. Uh, but I was only we only caught up like halfway through my trip before I then uh, finished my Vegas leg and then went to Atlanta, too. And I'm yep. home for recording early because then I hit the road again, man. It is busy travel season, man, for me. I am on the road gigging, loving it. Business is back with a vengeance. Uh, I mean, it's not quite where it was, but it's close. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, this yeah. month in particular feels busy and uh, and I, I'm loving it, man. This is good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I notice it's just the consistency that's not quite there. Even with like the um, mm-hmm. corporate uh, meetings and things like that in Vegas, they're back, but they're they're sort of uh, maybe less frequent or maybe attendance of the corporate meetings that they're having conventions and stuff is not as much as it was. But, you know, they're they're really attempting to come back with a vengeance. Absolutely. The, the other thing, too, is like, uh, I think there was a mentality of like jamming as much as possible, get the money. Right. But I think also after the pandemic, people are like, well, we survived and we could also like stop and enjoy life from time to time as well, you know, and not like constantly be hustling. So it is kind of finding that balance. That being said, uh, you can still book me for things. I'm happy to take <laughs> Are you talking to me directly? Yes, that was to you. That's to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> book me, man. No, it is that constant push and pull of, yeah, yeah. of go, 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 and like remembering to slow down and relax, which is just, yeah. uh, I guess, so is life. Yeah. Well, I, I enjoyed, uh, although every time I come to Vegas, it's a little stressful hopping from, you know, different friends and seeing people and doing shows. Uh, but it was technically a bit of a vacation after my gig, uh, which is why I extended. And uh, I got to do some fun things, Matt. Uh, we saw we talked about the Pinball Hall of Fame where you kicked my butt. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, after that, I did some escape rooms, uh, which was yep. a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm not a fan, by the way. No, I know. We've done a few together, but also the one or two. The ones we did together weren't like the highest quality ones. They were fine. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. Well, I'm a big puzzle guy and it's fun. We did one. I enjoy crossword puzzles. There's one that was Hannibal Lecter themed. And uh, not to spoil it, but uh, there was like an actor in the room that scared the bejesus out of me. Really? Oh, it was like one with actors? Well, yeah. Well, you don't know there's an actor, and it just like popped up, like especially the final puzzle. I'm going back into one of the rooms we were already in, and it was like, oh, we need something from on the wall there. And then as I solved it and headed back to the room, you just saw him pop out from the shadows. And I was like, no, I closed the door behind me and locked him into that room. (laughs) That's what happens in escape rooms. It was was very scary, but it was fun. I actually have an interesting puzzle for you that's that's interactive here for, for oh, our listeners. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it's not like a legitimate puzzle. It's not like a riddle. Um, it's something that we, I was driving into the link yesterday and Tiana and I were discussing. So at the Rio, there's a zip line. Yes. I've seen the zip it. The zip line 
is closed. Okay, that makes sense. So it's like a now defunct zip line. It's no longer an attraction. Right. Did you know that? I did not know that. I knew it was at the Rio. I saw it was in your magic special, which mm-hmm. is uh, you can check out on our Patreon in our video vault. Right. But uh, I didn't know it was not. I just figured like a lot of things were closed since the pandemic, but uh, maybe even prior Right. No, to no. That. It's, it's officially closed. Gotcha. So we kind of get a little bit um, squeamish isn't the word, but like uneasy thinking about how do you take the zip line down? Oh, how do you put it up? That's the other question. Well, forget that, because that's already done. That's in the past. <laughs> but this thing has to come down, and it's been closed for quite some time mm-hmm. now, and it's still there. Yeah. So, like, if you snip it on one side, mm-hmm. it's a heavy metal wire, obviously. Like, you can't just let it swing down and smash into the building, right? Right. So, do you have a solution for how you get this thing down? I came up with one I think would work. This is, like, a weird engineering problem. Um mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's related to, like, similar how they make these, like, suspension bridges, too, because, like, that also baffles me. How how do you make a bridge? (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you can't reach across, you know, you have to figure out a way to do it. Um, My gut instinct is, like, you support it somehow uh, before you snip it so you don't just let it dangle off the side and hit the other side. Okay, so now you've detached it from one side. Now what do you do? Uh, you hey, but like let's say let's say it's detached, but someone's holding the end of it, <laughs> and this is why we get uneasy because we're like, could someone hold the end of it? Is it heavy? Would I they get know. pulled off the building? But I, we'll pretend that someone can hold it. I think there's like you know tools for that to hold it. Yeah. Okay, so Safe you're gonna way. snip it and then just refasten it to something else. Uh, I think you you set up sort of like almost a little bridge or something so that you can reel it in. Um and not let it fall and hit the building. So you have like a giant crane? That could work. I'm sure the that middle. sure that happens. Or like even just yeah, if some something for it to rest on. What was what's your solution? I want to hear your solution. <laughs> okay. My solution, right? Cuz think about it, you can't snip it in the middle. No. Then it just smashes the building, both buildings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just to be clear, this is a rooftop zip line that mm-hmm. goes from the top of one building to right. another building. Yes. Okay. And very, very high in the air. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the height. Did you ever um, see that documentary Man on Wire? Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. I assume it's similar to get what, like that how down. they get those up and down the tight yeah. ropes. Yeah. Yeah. And how do they do that? I don't know. I didn't see the documentary. <laughs> right. So anyway, we, we were driving, talking about this yesterday. Tiana said, you got to ask Dittleman what he would do. <laughs> so uh, here's what I came up with. You snip one end. Uh-huh. That's, I think we're on the same page so far. <laughs> and you don't attach it to something. Well, you do, actually. You attach it to some sort of um, like fishing line, lightweight rope, something that is um, like not heavy metal that will destroy the building. So now, as you reel in the zip line, you're unraveling the fishing line, and they're tied together. So you're reeling it in, but it's not falling. It's just getting pulled across to where the zip line once was. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Right. And then once it's all the way reeled in, all you have to do is pull in the fishing line. Do we think the fishing line is strong enough to hold this metal wire type. i have absolutely no idea. it doesn't have to be fishing line it could be rope right 
Mm. Yeah, and so you then Boy it's... Scout not that thing to it, right? And that sucker gets pulled across. Now all you have to do is cut the rope or, or reel in the rope. All right, I have another solution. But that is okay. creative. It's interesting. The rope could fall and hit the building, depending on how heavy the no, rope No, no, you don't reel in the rope. You tie a fishing line to that <laughs> rope. You just get smaller and smaller. So it's just uh, swallowed the fly situation with ropes. <laughs> smaller and smaller until you get to invisible thread, and that will not harm the building. Um, how about this? You, okay. You cut off both ends, and you hold it, and then mm-hmm. you shimmy all the way to the edge of the building. You toss it off the side. Rather than, so you oh, go. Oh, like both people yep. go to the edge of the building and give it a toss. So you do it like horizontally so that it's right. not, one end doesn't hip swing and hit the building. That actually sounds more reasonable. <laughs> like it could actually be the real solution to how they do this. But with the man on the wire, I mean, yeah. there are people below, right? Because he was doing yeah, it across right. like city buildings. Yeah. So maybe not. Exactly. Yeah. But that's that's how I would probably if it's like a deconstruction landing pad or something like one of those giant uh, construction dumpsters down below. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be pretty big. But I think that is actually a viable solution. Yeah. Anyway, I'm curious to know how they actually do it. Just wanted to throw a puzzle in. You know what? They might leave it until maybe demolition time. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Which could be any time. And knows? then just implosion. You know, we got to witness the implosions in Vegas. So why not? Another mm-hmm. one. I mean, you'll, you'll have to keep us posted on that situation. For sure. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what? Well, I did see Penn & Teller. Did we talk about Penn & Teller? I think we did. Yeah. A little bit. Yep. Last time. That was fun uh, to see them perform. Uh, and then um, uh, the uh, I saw Opium. Opium as well. Yeah, we, we went to that together once. We went to that one together once they revamped the entire show, essentially. All the acts that were remember were no longer in it. I know they kind of moved them around the Spiegel World family, including No our, more live band. Our friend uh Christian Stoynev, more your friend than mine, but I've met him, so I'll count it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's I think in Atomic Saloon, which is I think he still steals the show because hand balancing with that little dog. What a great act. Yep. What a great act. So I'll tell you what stole the show in this one. Uh, yeah, there's no live band anymore. There's like more shtick. There's things that are space themed. But then a gentleman comes out with a very debonair with a, like a bowler hat. He's very soft spoken. It, d- it feels like he should be more of like in the apothecary and like atomic salute than in a space themed right. opium show. But he does this act with bubbles that blew everyone's minds. Oh, do you yeah. know about the bubble guy? Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with the bubble guy. <laughs> like he bl- has a like a little wand. He's got his little like vape that he can get smoke into the bubble. Yeah, into the bubble. He has a little straw he can like make little tiny bubbles with. Mm-hmm. He did one called the carousel, which is like a large bubble attached to another large bubble dangling from his little wand, whatever it is. And then he blew like little bubbles along it. And then he blew the bubbles. So they all rotated around like a carousel. And that wasn't even the finale. He had so many. He used fire at one point. He created a vortex at one point. He had helium, so the bob- bubble came, like fl- formation flew all the way to the ceiling, popped at the top, just the top bubble, and then it all descended down. And then he popped the bubble on the bottom, and then it raised again. So it was like this weird counterbalance of weights that were like being released. And it was unbelievable. The audience went wild for the bubble man. 
The, Someone should be doing magic with bubbles. There was, I'm sure there have been magic with bubbles. I know there but, have been. In fact, I've even seen someone blow smoke into the bubble and then like mm-hmm. pop it and turn it into a billiard ball. Sure, yeah. You know, because it's like a white ball of smoke and then it turns into a white ball. Um, this but was like, more, I feel like there's a whole act there. This was more science meets bubbles in mm-hmm. some way and like the artistic of putting it together there was a bachelor party in attendance and they were like hooting and hollering and like <laughs> they were like you know standing up and uh, there was a chant going at one point mm-hmm. going bubble man bubble man there That's was awesome there was some definitely drunk ladies behind us that were talking through the act which was a little annoying but uh the things they were saying i cannot repeat on this podcast <laughs> man <laughs> They wanted to sleep with the bubble guy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I'm just saying, it was a it was a very fun, surprising act in the middle of the uh, the this opium show. So I definitely recommend it. Just, to, I mean, the other acts are great too, but see this yeah, act; yeah. it's fantastic. There you go. So that was fun. Uh, cool. So I've been just like bouncing around, seeing shows. This is the the show as segment. usual. As usual. Um, what else can I tell you? We did, uh, I saw Into the Woods last night and brought yeah. back here in New York, uh, which is one of my favorite musicals. And you're not familiar with this show, are you? No, no, no. It's a combination of all fairy tales kind of mixed together. You got Jack tell and the me Beanstalk. Tell me more. You got Little Red Riding Hood. I'm kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding Steven around. Steven Sondheim. It's, uh, did the music and wrote it as uh, I'm kidding. I'm just not familiar, but I don't even remember most of those fairy tales. Wow. You don't? You know? Okay. Wait, wait tell me the fairy tales. How many of them? Little Red Riding Hood. Mm-hmm. Cinderella. Yeah, see, I don't really remember. I, Little Jack Red Riding the Hood's the one with the wolf. Yeah. The big bad wolf. Yeah. Jack and the Beanstalk, I liked. Was there like a pot of gold or something? He climbed a beanstalk and there's a giant. Yeah, I can't remember that one. I I don't remember most of these. See, I didn't think they. I I guess they do have universal appeal for adults, but like I think of them as like I just remember them from when I was really young, and that's it. Well, the the thing that's great about this show, I mean, I was in a production of it in high school, and uh, it seemed like a lot of high schools did it around that same era when I was in high school. But I, I love when th- you just casually bring the nerd level up. <laughs> <laughs> You've met me. This is my mo. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, the the thing I always was drawn to this was not only the mixing of these fairy tales and like combining them and them like kind of like you know one element from one combines with another one and like the stories all mesh together. Uh, but at the end of Act One, it's a happily ever after situation. Sure. And then Act Two just dismantles it, and it's kind of like you get the uh, the happy ending fairy tale. And then it's not really what you expected. And there's even like more, you know, to the story that happens. And, you know, they have to deal with the consequences of their actions to get to that happy ending. So it's like there's a really cool mixed message. And uh, and it's just it's a really touching show. And I just love that, like because of that, like when they do like the middle school versions or like the young kids versions, which I've seen, they only do the first half because that's oh the, right, yeah, that's they the happy the ending. Side. They don't do the darker side of right. it. So uh, I got to sit in the box seats. That was fun. Nice. I've never really done that before. Had a great view, and it was a really good show. So I recommend it. Into the woods. Fantastic. Um, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Any other questions? Anything is possible. We had a video come out yesterday. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, that, the BYU video. 
Yeah, did, yeah. You saw? Did you you saw it when you were here, right? I gave you a little preview of it. You did in the uh, in your dressing room, yeah. uh, your green room. I got to see the full thing, but you had told me about it beforehand. Tell the, our listeners because we we teased it before a little bit. Yeah, so we got a call to help out uh, this college football team. They're playing against Notre Dame in um, in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. In Vegas. Yes. Wow. They're playing uh, this. It's actually this Saturday is the game, I believe. Hence why and the video's so, out. What's that? Yeah, that's why they <laughs> just came out with it. Well, the real reason is because Notre Dame did like a um, uniform reveal video mm. for this big Vegas game that was like a spoof on The Hangover. Right. And uh, so BYU kind of wanted to top that. So they brought in Forrest Griffin, who's a uh, champion UFC fighter. We filmed it at the UFC headquarters. Uh, they brought in myself to use magic to help reveal the uniforms. And the production value was really great. I couldn't have been more uh, impressed with the team, and uh, both on the production side and the post-production side. I thought they did a really great job. And basically, I used magic in the UFC octagon to do basically a quick change yeah. for one of the football players to make their royal blue uniform turn into their blacked-out uniform and produce the helmet which was really cool how it's like the two-tone helmet. And uh, so far, the feedback has been really good, they tell me. That's great. That's fantastic. And, um, yeah, you – you, I mean, it, I, I saw the video. I love – my favorite part is it looks like you're the designer of the uniforms. Right, right. <laughs> which yeah, is I'm like funny. sketching ideas for them, saying, oh, okay, maybe we'll do a little black here and a little blue there. Like, and... like you're inventing it. But obviously, they decided and they just brought you in to reveal it. But I do like right. this, like, you were like the Edna Mode from The Incredibles, like designing the, the superhero costume. Origi the original them. concept, I was even more like the designer. And I was like, <laughs> <"What>, why? <laughs> Why? Why am I coming in to tell them that their uniform is not quite right and needs needs my touch on it? This yeah. does, this seems more like a job for Heidi Klum. This is not for me. <laughs> I like the fact though that um the, the whole impetus of this video is to uh to one up the Notre Dame video too. Like they're like, did they you put know that already, or are you just hearing that now for the first time? No, no. I think you that you told me. Yeah, but okay, I was like, okay. I was like, that's pretty amazing that they're just like, oh, you did a video. We're gonna actually get real like Vegas celebrities in ours. <laughs> That's very funny yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, in all due respect, uh, Notre Dame's uh, video was was really produced well too. Mm -hmm. It was really cool, um, and it definitely made its rounds and you know the press circuit, ESPN, that sort of thing. So we'll see how much the BYU one gets sort of picked up. But I believe, I mean, I saw it blowing up on Twitter yesterday. Mm. Uh, the BYU one. Um, we'll see. I think, I think it made a pretty good impact on YouTube just in its first day, um, compared to the Notre Dame one. So we'll see, you know, yeah. how it transpires. But at the end of the day, what really matters, right? I mean, none of it, cause it's just a sport, but who wins the game? Right. I think is really rather what, than what the hype here. video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than the hype video, but it was really fun to be part of, but man, and I talked about it. It's a lot of work. Yeah. That's... It's like not an easy thing for me to shoot. Yeah, and you were in the octagon. It was I, fun to be in the octagon. I imagine normally you wouldn't want to perform in the octagon because you're in the round, and those angles would be very bad. Right. <laughs> you know what I thought you were going to say your favorite part was? What? Watch, like, because before the magic started, there were, like, scripted lines. Yeah. And oh. I thought you were going to say, 
watching the football players do dialogue. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why some of them are playing football and not professional actors. Let's just say. <laughs> Uh, well, that's fascinating. Are you going to watch the game? Are you going to root for BYU because of this? Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm going to be working. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I would love to go to the game. Oh, sure. I meant to like watch the game on TV or something. Because but, yeah. it's here. They're like, you got to come to the game. You can stand on the sidelines, blah, blah, blah. But um, realistically, I don't think that's um, really an option for me because I got a, I got a show to do. Well, they want you on the sidelines in case they want to do a costume change. In, in case the they need to do another quick change. <laughs> hey, I think this might be the first time I ever did a quick change. That's pretty cool. Right? Is it fun? And, and wait a minute. I've also, I mean, I, I'm imagining in the world it had to have been done. But I can't recall I've I, a time where I've seen like a fully suited football player in full uh, pads and everything mm-hmm. have a quick change happen. Yeah, that's true. It's usually. It could be the first. It's usually dresses or suits and yeah, having right. the football pads I don't, like, is with like shoulder element. pads and everything. Yeah. I don't recall seeing that. Yeah, I don't recall either. We could be wrong, but <laughs> we definitely could be wrong, and it's most likely Ed Marlowe probably did it back in <laughs> 1982. He published three versions of it, but <laughs> magic joke. Uh, odd choice for also who that would be. <laughs> I was like, no, you, not an odd choice at all. If you know Ed Marlowe, okay, <laughs> he published everything, whether it was his or not. Fair, fair. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I say that lovingly because I yes, love Ed Marlowe. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> great. Uh, was I, I was going to say one more thing off of that. I can't remember now because I'm just so fascinated. Oh, maybe you can. Um, do you have access to the video? Maybe you can send that. We can put it up on our socials. Yeah, and, uh, if you want the um or, the file, I have it for you. Yeah, you can send that, or or we'll just share if they they posted it on their social media. We can probably just share. Um. Yeah. That that too. Yeah. So we'll we'll make sure you get a chance to look at it, whether it's on our socials or I we'll say put we put it in the vault in the Patreon. Yeah, it should go on the in the vault. All, as also, well. you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll get. Sure. I'll send you the file. In the video vault. Hey Matt, let's change gears. Uh, it's time for diddle me this. Beautiful. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt riddles? A blind man is alone on a deserted island. He has two blue pills and two red pills. He must take exactly one red pill and one blue pill or he will die. How does he do it? Wow. So without the sensory experience of vision, Mm -hmm. how can he identify which pill is which on an island? Uh, the, this is a tough one. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like your uh, brain's already working because we did the, uh, the 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 Rio zipline problem already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, along the same idea, it's a kind of a logic I puzzle. I don't think the desert island part is necessary, other than the fact that there's just nothing around him. I think. Does he need to be outdoors for this? No. So I'll okay. read it again. Um, a blind man is alone on a desert island. Again, I think the desert island is just for dressing. Uh, he has two blue pills and two red pills. He must take exactly one red pill and one blue pill or he will die. How does he do it? Okay. What are your thoughts? Initially? Does he have means to cut pills in half? I would say that is possible. Okay. I mean, even just with, like, teeth. Okay. 
does that have to do with the solution? <laughs> well, I can't tell you that. Okay. Because I'm not connecting it just yet, but I feel like there is a way to ensure... Yeah. You would simply cut each pill in half and have half of each one. That would work. Uh, yep, the official solution says break each of the pills in half, and as you do this, pop one half in your mouth and lay the other half aside. Uh, when you're done with all four pills, you will have consumed one red pill and one blue pill, and then have the same left over. I am feeling, I am feeling really good about this. Yeah, that was very good. That was a, that's the solution because uh, you you nailed it. Uh, we jumping into trivia. Let's do it. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Now, I pulled up this trivia from a website that I don't normally use. Okay. And just to give you an idea on, I think I have a pretty good question, but the surrounding, like the question right after it, the one I'm going to ask you, is which American president appears on a $1 bill? That's Abraham Lincoln. Right? Yeah. George Washington. Wait. Oh, my God. Is <laughs> that a the, joke? I said the $5 bill in my head. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> I should have asked you that question. Um, like, the next question is, what geometric shape is generally used for stop signs? Uh, that's an octagon. Right. So these feel really easy. Okay. Yeah. Those do, those do feel easy, but not like the fighting octagon. No. <laughs> well... <laughs> I thought yeah. you said Penny at first. I think that's why I said Lincoln. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so this might be equally easy, but it wouldn't have been for me. Yes. On a dartboard, mm-hmm. what number is directly opposite number one? Ooh, that is tricky. I know where the t- I know. <laughs> I gotta be honest. The uh, the ones I know are from like when you're playing. Um, what's the game? Cricket. On, mm-hmm. on, and you're trying to close the number. So 20 is at the top. No, that bullseye is in the middle, obviously. And then you got like a weird, like 17, 16, or kind of towards the bottom. I believe one is next to the 20. I could be wrong. And then if you go across the circle, I feel like that's like a 17 or a 16. Maybe. Maybe a 15. Maybe an 18. These are all numbers on a dartboard. (laughs) (laughs) See, like, isn't this question, like, shockingly hard compared to the surrounding questions? Yeah. Um, Mostly because, like, I don't know what the pattern is from how the the numbers are on a dartboard. Do you know what it goes up to? 20 is the highest. Um, And that's right at where 12 o'clock would be. And then I think one is next to it. I'm going to say there's one little notch below. I'm going to say that's like a 15. Uh, 17 is my initial guess. I think 17 is my guess. That is incorrect. Ah. Okay. Am I close in the number? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're close. Is it 16? It is not. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't picture it. I, I don't know. Um, 15? According to this website, it is 19. I did say 19 at one point. but No, you never said 19. Uh, I have audio proof. <laughs> <laughs> you said just about every number leading up to 19. I think you got all the way to 18. 
I think, yeah, I named every other number you close out in Cricket. <laughs> I oh yeah, I guess that works. But I that's guess okay. May- maybe they add up two twenty, and that's how they're arranged. They very well could. Who knows? I don't know. That was great. Well done. Good trivia. Now I'll, now I'll pay more close attention to dartboards when I play darts. <laughs> there you go. Um, Matt, I came back from uh, NACA in the, in the, for the college booking agency in Atlanta. That was a lot of fun. Although I was only there for two days because I had a gig while I was in Atlanta as well. Yep. Um, and that was, uh, it was, it was good to like, again, be back in the booth and like remind ourselves how to do that business side of yep. interacting and meeting schools. I had some really good reactions and even though, you know, it was down in Atlanta, it was for the Southern region and, you know, our hearts go out to those affected by the hurricane. We knew, um, you know, the attendance was going to be affected by that as well. Right. Uh, but I did have some good, um, conversations with schools i'm most happy about and like even though there wasn't a whole lot of traffic uh just because it was seemed like a smaller w- attended conference mm-hmm. i feel like we had some good uh good uh leads there so i'm gonna probably be coming to the south at some point doing some colleges uh hey, quality next- over quantity exactly that's a, that's a nice thing to remember uh as well so it was, it's kind of nice to just pop in and out of these now because i remember the days when we'd be there at every region for all the whole time. <laughs> just yeah, those were those were draining, draining days. And like, I just feel like the whole thing is getting um, more mature because like the schedule change has allowed uh, that like the conference ends at like 6 p.m. now. Mm-hmm. So then you're like have the whole evening. <laughs> wow, like, that's way too much free time to chill and, or hit the bar. It used to end at do. like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So now you, you could get sleep. <laughs> there was like a dinner included. Yeah, I think I think there's still a dinner. I think I just skipped it. Maybe for like maybe my night. schedule ended at six. I think mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. a couple of things that went later, maybe to like eight or nine. But still earlier than it used to go. And I was just like, we're all getting older as the right. college students stay the no, same the st- age. Yeah, the college students do say <laughs> it's the same like age. It's like that uh, <laughs> that quote from McConaughey from mm-hmm. that movie. Uh, anyway. So I had a blast at NACA. So I'm looking forward. I'm only going to another region, um, and I'm showcasing at that. So we'll talk about more uh, prep uh, towards showcasing as that comes along. Uh, yeah. But uh, more, stay tuned for more schools. If you're listening, schools, uh, you know I'm available. You can bring me to your campus. Are you talking to me directly again? I said, if you're listening, schools. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was that was to the schools, Matt. Do you have a campus? I, wanna... I don't know about. I want to get into what's wrong with magic today. Whoa. Okay. I had one more show I wanted to get to. But, oh. Uh, real briefly. Go ahead. Yeah. I went to a hip hip prov show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I knew you wanted to hear about this. This was uh, it's a show that's happening in New York. I, I went to it actually before the Vegas trip, uh, but we didn't get to it last time. Uh, but it's a hypno- hypnotized improv show. So they uh-huh. have a hypnotist, and uh, it's billed as uh, Colin Mockery from Whose Line Is It Anyway? I don't know if you remember him. Of he... course I remember. Are you joking? <laughs> I'm going to see Whose Line Live in a couple of months. Oh, nice. I don't know if he's with that cast. No, uh, he's not. It's Ryan yeah. Stiles and yep. a couple others. Brad sure. Sherwood, I think. Yeah, they've all kind of branched off into their own. Like Wayne Brady's doing his own stuff. Colin mm-hmm. Mockery's doing this hip hip prop show, although he was not in attendance when we saw it. Oh, he was out, so I might have to go back for to see him. But they had Jonathan Mangum, 
who mm-hmm. uh, does the he's the assistant or the sidekick to Wayne Brady on Let's Make a Deal. He's also mm-hmm. done like some of the newer Who's Line episodes. But the premise is uh, Assad Meki was the hypnotist. And they bring up about 20 people. They hypnotize him live on stage. And then he does a series of tests. And he whittles it down to four people who are the most suggestive. And they become the hip provisors. Okay. And now they have all these, like, scenarios for improv games that they were improvising with Jonathan. And during the scenes, he would just kind of stop and then give a direction to one of the hypnotized people to change the scene slightly, so giving them a different motivation or whatever. So like one of them was like a western themed, and they had to, we they got suggestions from the audience of what their their not nonviolent crime was, like an unusual crime they were committing. But they just like they would just be like, "All right, your horse is uh, you believe your horse is passed out now, and like they have to react." And like, <laughs> there's the really situation. no hypnosis involved here. The hypnosis part, I think, is added because it allows the audience members to, one, not overthink things, and two, have the confidence to just trust it okay. and to like not be fearful being in front of a crowd and putting themselves out there. I see. But I would also agree <laughs> that, <laughs> that it feels like it's just a big game of like there's a like a director game in improv where a director just steps in and changes a feature of it and then they do the scene again. So is there a, there's like a whole hypnosis induction? Yeah, it was long. A long wow. induction with 20 people wow. and then whittles it down to f- four people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we as mind readers and that the psychic, you know, uh, entertainment world are constantly accused of using stooges, right? And I don't know. I'm. I don't think that's the case here. But I'm also saying they're doing this in New York, where there's a lot of actors or wannabe actors. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think it's because it's a self-selecting audience. You're going to get some performer types that want to get up there. Big personalities. <laughs> so there was a, one in particular that was just like, you You seem like you're auditioning for something. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. This is your chance to say you were off Broadway. <laughs> right, exactly. It's going on his website. Yeah. So, that's I funny. mean, maybe that's why he was more open to the suggestion, but I mean, uh-huh. it, it, was, it was fascinating. It was very funny. We were laughing throughout the show, but it was also interesting to see, like, the scenarios, the scenes they were setting up. I wonder if they do just do those same scenarios, but it's different because of the way the suggestions you get from the audience and the hypnoprovers. It's such a weird term. Right. <laughs> um, uh, how they react, but I wonder if like the framing or the format of the, the bare structure of the show is pretty solid throughout. But um, uh, they also had an amazing keyboardist who's just improvising like background sounds and sets the mood. So like in the Western theme, he's like playing like a honky tonk type piano sound off his synthesizer. It's mm-hmm. really fun. It was a really good show. I would recommend it. About half full when we saw it, so I don't know if it's a huge, you know draw but it was weird combining my improv friends with my hypnosis friends right right <laughs> so it was like i was stuck in the middle of that venn diagram i get to see both of their reactions right as well so <laughs> i i get accused of using stooges all the time oh yeah yeah definitely i don't use a single one no no and i get accused of it constantly literally last night i had the most adorable child on stage mm-hmm. and people think it's a stooge 
I think because he was up. just that good. Yeah. He was so funny. I mean, you could never hire someone to be that good. Like, we've it was talked just too perfect. That. Yeah, we've talked about that when people, when they don't know a method, they think that's the easy way out is just to assume everyone's a stooge. But, but also, this is the thing that gets it's not me. even the a kid, method for this. It's just the kid doesn't do anything magical. So you think I'm literally like putting someone on the payroll for comedic beats? What? Maybe. No. <laughs> No, but it's also a testament to you. I like. I wish you could tell the people. Like I could tell them. Uh, you know, after the show on your behalf. But like, you're a good performer, so you're gonna let them shine, and it's gonna feel like it's you know planned because you've done your show thousands of times. And like, people in the industry will be like, "Was that a stooge? <laughs> Are you out of your mind?" Right. <laughs> yes, I hire little adorable children. <laughs> and I hire families with right. them yeah, yeah, who yeah. every night have the same expression of this is, you know, with yeah. this huge smile on their face that can't be faked, right. faking it perfectly every night. <laughs> and, and the fact that, yeah, you're you're paying them all and then yeah, giving, yeah, right. giving them away merch to just to <laughs> like. Just to give back at the end because yeah, they're going to yeah. receive another one tomorrow night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And like, I, I met some folks that worked in entertainment, worked in marketing last night after the show. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you know, the dad made it really believable. I'm like, because it is believable. What? Because it's real. <laughs> yeah, I, I need someone on the payroll just for like three killer jokes, you know, like <laughs> three situations that come out of that that are adorable. That's worth anyway, the payroll. <laughs> this this feeds right into what's wrong with yes. magic. What is wrong with magic today? Well, it's, Get on it, your it, soapbox. Pull out your soapbox, Matt. We've talked about this before, but okay. it's been it's been brought back to light. It's brought back to light constantly. But look, if this were a concert, right? And I don't know, name a musician. Bruno Mars? How about Aerosmith, since I just saw them? Who? I just, just saw Aerosmith. Aerosmith, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Aerosmith brings a child onto a stage. That's adorable. Nobody in the audience, <laughs> not one person, mm-hmm. thinks that this is set up in the kids' part of the show. Not one. Not one. Do you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Magic show? Right. Much smaller audience, not sure. an arena at, at wherever you saw that show, MGM Arena? Yeah, the, the Dolby. Yeah, I don't know how many. I mean, we're talking 10,000 plus, right? Yeah, I'd say 2,000, but I'm estimating. We know no, it's not 2,000. <laughs> 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 um, now we're talking about a, a much more intimate experience where there are less people, but there are more people in my theater thinking that that kid is a setup. Now, I uh, got a comment. This isn't even pertaining to me, oh. but a, a comment on TikTok uh, yesterday or the day before. Again, not even pertaining to the video, really. It was just like mm-hmm. a magic video that I posted, which is not relevant. The person comments, in person, I catch all semi-new magicians hired to sell magic stuff in my town. I piss them off telling them how they did it. Hmm. What a bizarre thing to do. Wait, I'm, number say that, one. Say that one more time. One more time. Can, do I have to read it or can I explain yeah, to you what yeah, they're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, what are they trying to say? I think what they're saying is they have a magic shop in their town. Yeah. First of all, lucky you. Yeah, that's great. How cool is that? But they're not they're 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 not appreciating that. They wait to like they go in when there are like semi new people hired that aren't experienced magicians that are like more likely to not be good, so to speak. Okay. And then they 
piss them off by telling them how they did their tricks. So like, hey, I saw you put that in your, take that out of your pocket. Okay, why? Why why is that a hobby of this person? That is, again, (laughs) I think part of it is our fault as magicians. I do. I do. Now, and I don't think it, I say what's wrong with magic today, but I think this goes back much further. There was Mm -hmm. a time when information wasn't so readily available where there was this mysticism and like people would just have no choice but to like either explain themselves the solution that they believed how it was done or accept defeat so to speak which i hate using that word because that implies there's like this challenge mm-hmm. right um but like back in the day like magicians were kind of on this high horse of like knowing that the information would never be found yes and no other than the ones who put it in the books Right. I don't even know if that that that's necessarily the important part here. Okay. I think what, yeah. what my point is, no one would go. What is this the equivalent of in another art form? Like no one goes to like a dance recital shop, whatever, and like tries to like shut off the music or make the CD skip. I'm aging <laughs> myself there, but like tries to like mess up the dancer and then takes pride in it not only do they do it but then they go and comment about it on tiktok i mean very strange behavior on magic videos well i'm also like weirded out that they're going to a magic shop where you can literally purchase the secrets right (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you could yeah you can find out how they're done i assumed i assumed magic shop but you're right he never says that he says semi new magicians hired to oh no to sell magic stuff in my town he does say sell magic to sell magic. So it's like Right. So they're not yeah, they're already not hiding anything. Right. They're they're literally demoing a trick so that you could buy it. Right. So then you're just saying maybe he's just saying how frugal he's trying to learn the secret, which is not ethically sound either, but to be like, <laughs> I figured it out before I bought it. It was like cool. I don't think they're trying to do the highest level of deceptive magic in the magic shop. I think they're only doing it to sell the trick to people who are interested. If it fools them, they might want to learn the secret that way. But also, like, you know, <laughs> they're not. it's not a performance stage necessarily to be like, I'm going to pull one over on you, even if it, that is the mentality. We thinking. need to create presentations that help people understand <laughs> that they don't get a cookie at the end. <laughs> sure, for yeah. For any sort of, yeah. you know... Uh, Anything that even just like guessing what's going to happen next, you don't necessarily get a cookie for that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Like, there was someone in my show recently that was seated right behind my in-laws. There was this one lady <laughs> and and her husband's like having a blast. She the whole time is just constantly not even predicting, trying to predict how tri- I, I I won't say <laughs> predicting how tricks are done because it's right. really hard to do, but trying. But she wasn't even doing that. She was mm-hmm. trying to predict what was going to happen next. Like, in sure. other words, every, uh, throughout the entire show, just providing commentary on her prediction of where things were going to transpire to next. Right. Well, this is the Which same obviously people. is like a disruption to people around you. And people do do this, I guess, in movie theaters. Too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's definitely people who are have fun trying to predict where the story's going in a movie or play or whatever. Right. So I guess there's a difference between what she's doing and what this TikToker's doing. Yeah, I just don't understand like the magic st- going to the magic store where 
And like even noted that like they have to be semi new, right? So like right. he's not going to the experienced one. He waits for the new guy to come in and goes, "Okay, I got this." Yeah. Also, like just buy the drink then. Which is like a weird backhanded compliment in a way to like the, <laughs> the experienced shop worker, right? No, but I, I do agree that it, I think we can focus on presentations that kind of get rid of this stigma of you got to learn the secret or whatever because i have lines in my show uh, what i'm trying to prevent is people coming up after the show and saying oh you're a mind reader what am i thinking because they're either doing it in a challenge way or i mean i guess they're genuinely like oh i i didn't get to participate i want you to read my mind right now right but still are both awkward situations after a show <laughs> them coming up to you right right so i would not like those to happen because i and i say on stage like oh I bet there's going to be at least one person who comes up after the show and goes, all right, Mr. Mind Reader, what am I thinking right now? And I literally say it so that if it does happen after the show, I can be like, see, I told you it would happen. And then I don't have to respond any further than that. But right. I also, during my show, because I'm a very honest mind reader, tell like, yeah, it's a combination of magic and psychology and my job's to blur the line between the two. So that if people are asking, how do you do it? Or like, how do you have this gift? Whatever their question is after I go, I was honest on stage. I tell you what I'm doing, you know, right. Right. <laughs> so that I'm not hiding. And then, you know, and I also be like, well, you saw a full hour of the show. I'm, you know, we can't really do much more now. <laughs> See, for me, it's uh, it's interesting that you say that. And this never occurred to me until now, because what, what is the line? You say it's a mixture of magic and psychology. Yeah, that's the that's the line I use as a disclaimer. And there's a whole topic of disclaimer and right. disclaimers and mentalism, which is a whole storied history. So of, that's an but, interesting line, though, because. Mm -hmm. And I understand why it would work for a lay audience, but like, I want people to understand that because most I don't think anyone really understands that psychology is such a huge part of magic. Without it, you don't have magic. Right. Exactly. So it's really not a mixture of magic and psychology. It's a it's it's magic, which under that umbrella is a huge amount of human psychology. Right. Well, I'm saying magic separate from that because it's implying like instead of necessarily sleight of hand. I know how but you're like, using it. Sleight of hand magic, but like I say sleight of mind magic, you know. Right. right. So it's sleight Which of again mind. Which is psychology. Right. Exactly. So I'm really saying it's psychology and psychology. But I remember like doing <laughs> doing some magic for my uncle. This was like in the past few years. For whatever mm. reason, I remember this really strongly. And like him, you know, prying a little bit to the to the inside workings, not not like how did you do it specifically, but just like trying to understand magic. And I was explaining to him, well, it's what I just showed you is mainly psychology. And he looked at me like I had 10 heads. Mm, I said, what do you yeah. mean? How does psychology have anything to do with this? Because that people believe it just has to do with fast hands and doing something when I'm not looking and like. And then you popped in a Danny Dortiz lecture to show him. <laughs> <laughs> um, anywho. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, I, I just wish people, uh, we, we could help people under, I think maybe in a couple of decades, um, magic viewers will be a little more magic savvy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, but I, I think you're right in terms of like, yeah, it is psychology and that's why you know all these books have come out about the psychology of magic because that's it, the phrase we say is like the magic doesn't happen with what we're doing it happens in the minds of the audience right and in order for that to work you're kind of short-circuiting these logic thinking you know elements or suspending the disbelief you know so that magic can happen because if you are getting too 
analytical while you're watching it, it can, you know, ruin the sense of wonder as we've brought up before. Mm-hmm. But then you're appreci- you can appreciate it still on another level of what you know they're trying to do. So like this person coming into the magic shop, like even if you learn the secret, you understand what he's trying to show you. If they're not <laughs> an experienced, you know, presenter, and uh, you know, you can still be like, well, if he, if I could catch him putting the ball in his pocket, like yeah, buy the trick. Maybe you'll do it better, and maybe <laughs> you'll you'll be able to present magic better than the newbie. And, right. Uh, but you're also going to probably be bad when you first start, too. <laughs> so the fact that you're criticizing someone and you're not even doing it, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's also very likely that whatever they're saying isn't even correct. Anyway, right. Exactly. Right. 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 Finding some too. solution. But anyway, yeah, I just yeah. I just I, it honestly is um a little bit disenchanting for me when I see these things. And I don't know any tips on uh, overall just like negativity uh via social media via the internet uh negative comments because those types of things really can sort of disenchant me and make me wish geez i i uh wish i was into something else i mean this is it i'm not you know i'm not (laughs) turning my back now but it's like wow what i was you know and i've mentioned this before like you post a silly dancing video you get nothing but positive Mm -hmm. um and I know this firsthand. You're right. <laughs> you just get a, bu- get a bunch of people going, this is amazing. Which, like, is it? <laughs> well, In my case, is it? <laughs> right? Uh, Matt, I uh, go to the local um, tap dance shoe store, and I tell them <laughs> how the taps work for the new presenters. Uh, are demonstrating taps. I say you're clicking your heel on the ground and that creates the sound of tap dancing and the only reason they're not getting that is because they're not referring to it as a secret yeah we have to stop doing that i mean there's a secret of tap dance you gotta shuffle we have to stop calling them ball change they're methods a pot of beret it it upset me that the episode title a couple episodes ago what? What, what did you call the it? Exposure of C- so I don't remember. <laughs> Something that I was like, no, see, this is perpetuating the problem. <laughs> it's putting it up on a pedestal. Got to well, bring that, it down. I'm trying to get those clicks, Matt. Those downloads. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Any tips? Uh, well, my tip when it ever comes to social media and there's negative comments. I mean, I learned this when my AGT first started. And I shared this with you too. Is like, ignore the trolls. You're if you feed into the trolls, it's just gonna satisfy them and they're probably got nothing better to do than to post on things so it's like if you're going to encourage that interaction they're going to want to do more of it and i always tell people to like let other people fight your battles because there are people on your side that are going to come to your defense and you don't have to spend the time or energy kind of defending things um so you know that happened a lot when people were trying to you know quote figure out what i was doing and all all my let's say someone's listening to this now and you know, they don't necessarily, they, let's say it's someone who doesn't have other people that are ready sure. to, you know, they're not currently on, uh, you know, AGT, right? You're so right, like right, right, right. when you would have people come to your defense, boom, 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 everything's happening so fast. It, it, you don't have someone, you know, or a team of, of fans sort of fighting your battles. What do you say then? Ignore the trolls? Still ignore the trolls, man. Or if you do engage, you got to do it in a. You could do two approaches. I mean, I've n- not found success in either of these. That's why no. Or you either try and come to their level and talk to them like a rational human being, but they might not want to be that. That's right. why they're posting. 
or if you just attack, they're going to attack back stronger. So those are the two two ways to do it. You can either appear to their reason or attack them, and both I haven't found much success. Maybe more success with the first one if they are, you know, willing to be like, oh, I was wrong, or I've seen people, you know, um, uh, my friend uh, Brian Brushwood is very good at interacting with some of the people on his scam school YouTube. He'll, like, say snarky things back? Well, no, he'll actually be like, hey, man, like, you know, that – was not really necessary we're cool here and then like sometimes they'll come back and be like yeah i was having a bad day <laughs> i just posted sorry my bad so right. like you know it depends i've seen i've seen snarky comments come back the other ways too but like yeah it's uh, i think it's how you approach it and uh again my friend spidey has a youtube channel that you know he just is like hey we're building a community here that's positive and this is not helping to it and we'll call people out and so he'll curate people and people will fight back on him and he's like good we don't want you here then <laughs> you know like right. if you're gonna be negative it's interesting though because sometimes the controversy actually helps with the virility of a video well that's the thing is a lot of social media is designed to put things in front of you to get you mad so like well no i mean even a magic engagement. video if people are discussing potential ideas for the method in the comments which is literally what happens almost every time Right. Um. And they're never right, but you'll right. see. You know, because people who know the method or or work out the method aren't the ones who would go in and type it. Right. But they're. Right? But it's creating engagement for the algorithm, and it's putting yes. people. Yeah. Putting in. Yeah. Front the of algorithm people. just goes. Oh, people keep commenting on this. Well, I mean, there's all these, you know, videos on Facebook. There's articles about, you know, they're like, they don't even have to lead to anything. They're just there to cause engagement of people saying how bad these videos are right. and how upsetting they are. And they're getting lots of money because they're getting getting lots of money, as I said. Lots money. of money <laughs> because they're getting eyes as viewers onto these videos. So I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird uh, weird dynamic of the social media world that I think it's best to like put out the content that people are going to like it are going to like it and you can't you know you can't convince everyone I mean magic you... is just so weird it's always going to have that sort of uh, people feeling intimidated by it and that's the the only way I can word it is like people feel intimidated by it and they feel like it's going to make them look stupid yeah, I think that's the core of a lot of the thinking, and we talked about that with some of your TV spots and, and how some people reacted is because they want, uh, you know, when we were planning for them to, to, to avoid the situation is mm -hmm. because we're like, you don't want people just to feel stupid or have the eyes pulled over their head. Uh, and Did you say uh, eyes pulled over their head? That's that's what I said, not what I meant. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let that ride. I'm not even going to say what the actual phrase was supposed wool to be. Wool pulled over their eyes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because the wool was attached to some rope that was pulling a cable. From yes, tie it all in together, baby. The Rio right. zip line. <laughs> let's, let's get out of here on that note. <laughs> on that note, yeah. Because uh, I don't want to talk about trolls. We're going to ignore them. <laughs> hey, I got a legitimate goal this week. Good, me too. I have a legitimate goal as well. What is you your first. goal? My goal is, uh, so I'm back home. I'm still trying to get ducks in a row. But this is a longer term goal because I realized something about me recently. My magic library. I found out I have duplicate books in it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is embarrassing. It I'm is. embarrassed for you. I've literally bought books I already owned. Not realizing you already had it. Correct. That's embarrassing. Only a handful. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not helping or hurting. 
So my goal is to catalog my library. So I have a document oh, of cool. every book I own. And then Love also it. maybe reorganize some of the way it's organized because I'm not finding the books I'm trying to look for clearly <laughs> since I'm rebuying them. <laughs> um, so and then and then on the tail end of that is to like figure out a way to sell those extra books or, you know, figure out a way to cool. do that. So uh, catalog library that'll be a long-term goal i don't know when i'll get to that but uh it's a, i think a good one what's your you goal ready? matt uh fitness related Ooh. i'm on day seven right now uh back day seven of vegan eating whoa so i was full vegan for a couple years um now i'm seven days vegan okay and i've uh, been running yeah as a way to get back into a workout regimen of sorts Mm-hmm. Um, so I've gone, I think, I think six out of the past seven days, Wow, Very which good. is great. So, um, I want to continue with that. And I have you here yes. to keep me honest when I ask you next week. Now are I you talk saying, about this with you next week. Are you saying me or our listeners? Both. <laughs> okay. I expect DM about... saying, Hey, what happened to the exercise and the eating? Right. Because when you're talking about booking, I was talking to the listeners, and you thought I was talking to you. I did. I, s- I still do. <laughs> I still think you're wanting to do a gig in my makeshift office or something. I don't know. Yeah, I want to know what the Matt Franco campus you thought I was talking about was. <laughs> <laughs> it's where we keep all the secrets. <laughs> Matt, what are your plugs? This is a good goal, so we'll keep you to that. Uh, go- plugs, Matt. What do you got going? Come on out and see the show. We are uh, six nights a week in Las Vegas at the Link Hotel and Experience. Um, There you go. Fantastic. Uh, I've got some public shows coming up. I've got a bunch of uh, colleges I'm still running around and some corporate events around the country, but some shows that people can buy tickets to and see. uh, Those are available on my link tree, which is in all of my social medias uh, at Ediddleman. Uh, but uh, the Midnight Theater, that show in New York, uh, is going to be happening on Tuesdays now, Tuesday nights. Uh, the next one is on the 11th of October. Uh, but there will be several other ones coming up the next uh, couple months. So come on out to uh, a show. See me do that. And then also I'm going to be um, in Sydney, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. So if you're listening from Nebraska, you can come out and see me perform uh, at uh, on the 27th of October. And then announcing soon, because I don't have all the details yet, but I know I'm going to be at a casino in Oregon at the end of the year. Uh, December, I think, uh, 30th maybe. But there'll be more details if you're listening here. So uh, Nebraska, Oregon, keep an eye out. And if you're in New York, come to Midnight Theater. As always, you can visit my website, ericdillman.com, to book me for other shows. Fantastic, Matt. Is that it? Oh, we got to thank our patrons, of course. Uh, and if you want to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. But let's give a huge shout-out to our producers at that producer tier, tier uh, to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. We appreciate you supporting the show, as well as our other patrons uh, who are supporting the show as well. And you can write us uh, an email or visit us at our website at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Follow us on the socials at mindmagicpod. We'll be posting, uh, hopefully, that BYU video as well. And I um, think that's all the plugs, Matt. Did we do it? We did it. We did it. 
So that means the podcast is now over. <laughs>